I realized editing that I'm like, the we have we have longer and longer. Like the theme song wasn't put in until twenty minutes into the fucking episode. It was a long ramble. Okay, but the last episode we had a lot to talk about. I had to tell you about yes. Fair and the Bachelor Wreck. Those and were the two major life moments. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fair. That was fair. Hopefully, like, we they come for the Lord of the Rings lore and they stay for the ramble. And if not, <laughs> sorry. Well, yeah, because they come for the Lord of the Rings, but that doesn't come until like much later in the episode. I should look at the analytics and see if people How do long? listen through all. I wonder if, if they skip. People ahead. are more interested in us just yapping than actual Lord Which of the Rings. Is what it might turn into eventually when we. Yeah run out of lore which Lord will take a, it'll still take, it'll take a, a, a few bit. years yeah <laughs> i'm 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 betting three three years until we run out of lord of the Rings stuff three additional years three yeah on top of this year. okay because yeah. we've already almost done a year yeah oh when my god we... when is yeah, our we started podcast last anniversary summer, oh my god we'll have to check that yeah should we do something special like a, a special like give the people a taste of what it's like to be a patron where we just have like a <laughs> an anniversary bonus pod an anniversary bonus pod yeah yeah maybe we should start it we should start it two shots deep how many shots does two it take before deep. you're drunk uh f- <laughs> let me tell you i can't really remember <laughs> so two should be plenty <laughs> you know yeah, an even two. An even two. What what's your go to shot? What's your uh, go to fireball. Okay, well there we go. I'm also like I'm also good with fireball. Oh yeah. It kind it's kind of also a little on brand, a little dragony. Ooh. A little yeah. toast to smog. Well yeah. Who we get to meet in this chapter. <laughs> I know. But we'll get we'll get to that later. Um Oh, you had woes did... to tell me about Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe woes. Sloppy Joe woes. So those of you who might have heard a few moments in the last episode, let me slurp where my, my boba where like my, back here. Yeah, where my mouth sounded a bit full. That's probably because I was eating a sloppy Joe while we were recording. Wisdom dictates that I should not be eating when <laughs> recording. Like you don't look at professional voice actors and they got like McDonald's in the sound booth and shit. Like sometimes they have like a bottle of water, and even then, like just a, a gulp here and there, a gulp here and there. Between it's funny takes. though because I don't hear those. It's it's you're bringing pain really to yourself. <laughs> it's it's like how I am at work, uh, directing uh, news productions, because a lot of people watching the news probably don't even notice all the mistakes that actually are mm-hmm. happening in there because it looks fine to them on their end, but meanwhile to me it's like a wrong graphic pops up for like half a second and you just hear me over the headset going fuck <laughs> shit <laughs> um but yeah same as for in editing like you didn't hear it you didn't hear a lot of it because a lot of it was me going in there and scrubbing out the audio so you don't hear me going Pass Paul's the fucking worst. He made so <laughs> many poor decisions. I like how the beginning of that tweet, everyone was like, no, Paul, we love you. And then they read the rest of the tweet and they're like, oh, no, Paul, that is actually awful. <laughs> no, you are the worst. <laughs> you do actually suck so much for doing this. Uh... And then my chalice of milk. I can't do anything right. <laughs> you know? Or you're doing everything right. I'm, I'm persecuted for who I am in <laughs> liking milk. You thought you thought <laughs> you thought the gay community had it rough. Wait till you're a guy who likes milk amongst the gay community. Paul, a white man. Thing is, I make these choices. These are choices I consciously make. So, uh, a milk loving white man. You milk loving not a cracker. straight white man. So you're in the clear for now, Paul. I need to get. I need to. I need to get one of those stickers that said Cracker Life <laughs> and just put it on a glass that I use only no. for drinking milk. <laughs> and then I need to constantly, whenever I come over to visit you guys, I'll, like, oh, I'll bring no. it with my milk. 
Maybe that'll be that'll be I, a housewarming gift. I, I'm gonna get you a chalice, a gallon chalice? of milk, and a cracker life sticker. Oh my god! See, Steph says they want me to live close so that we can <laughs> hang out more. They don't know what they're saying. Okay, like, uh, I, like. I was fun when I was visiting because I was your house guest, okay? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm coming into someone's home. I am... Best I am, behavior. I'm being, I'm being housed and fed. <laughs> and I am like, they're looking out for me. I am I'm going to give them the utmost respect. If I move to fucking LA and I'm just like popping in for no fucking reason... <laughs> and with I'm gonna no be warning, pulling, you're just going to knock with God, your gallon with like, of milk. With a gallon of... Like drinking a gallon of milk on your front door, like then then stuff will really just release honey on you. And he's gonna be thing like, is, I'm not scared this, of honey. This bitch again. I'm, it just honey makes me sad. <laughs> oh. I'm like, if if you, you come over me. enough, you Uncle Paul, me. then she'll know. You really okay. have to buy her love with time and affection. And I do and just snacks. need to move to LA. That's all I need. This is just what it keeps coming back to. And I love that it's going to happen. Do you two need a butler? I could totally. <laughs> I'll do all the house cleaning. I'll do all. I'll I wear a suit. Love I'll a be butler. fucking Alfred to your Batman and Robin. Will you wear one of those like little maid suits that are actually dresses? <laughs> Uh, that is what, what we're requesting. Have you have you seen uh, the movie Clue? Yes, a long time ago, though. Okay, I, I dress up like that. the maid in that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like the French maid. I don't need a resume. You're hired. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, back to just our podcast anyway, getting more and more unhinged. It's always been like this. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah that's that's really all i had to talk about (laughs) that's all folks i just saw you so oh i did go to florida again yes yes you did you did go to florida (laughs) florida and then next week i'll be in georgia but i have to fly into florida and then the week after that i'll be back in florida what is with going to the southeastern united states why aren't you coming here yeah, Why aren't a, you next question. time you have a thing in Chicago? Let me know, and I'll like drive up to Chicago and like spend the night. And Hell hang yeah! Out. I haven't had a yeah. I surprisingly have not had an event in Chicago in Though, years. I guess weather wise, like it's still warming up here in the Midwest. It's still taking some time for us to get back to like. Granted, it's seventy degrees outside right now, and not <laughs> so well, actually it's, six, it's sixty-nine. I should say nice, but um, nice. <laughs> uh, granted, I would have my windows open, but my apartment complex is mowing the grass right now, mm, so don't need to edit that out in the background. I've already made enough editing, well, not even editing, recording mistakes. I am actually to going to hang out with a listener in florida a good old uh lord of the rings twitter friend cass Mm-hmm. oh my god yep let me know if she's just as chaotic in person <laughs> as she is on twitter she was like what do you want to do and then she's like do you want to do an escape room and i'm like oh goes to meet an internet friend gets locked in a room <laughs> <laughs> sounds the great thing is, i'd love thing is we need to hang out with Cass more on Discord, I think, because they're just so fucking bonkers. You're bonkers, Cass, if you're listening. <laughs> you are fucking bonkers. <laughs> you have so much surreal art. Oh, you know what she reminds truly. me of? Those artists in the early 1900s who didn't give a fuck anymore. Truly. And they were making art for art's version. sake. Dadaists, I think they were called. Dada. <laughs> this is the new Dada. version of Dada, Daddy. <laughs> So, Daddy Cass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No uh, one, no one, soundbite that, please. <laughs> no one. I made this. I made the mistake. I could edit it out, but you know what? Words, please soundbite it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ah. Love a good soundbite. Love a good. Fuck soundbite. it. Let's just go into the episode because we got some ground to cover. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Okay. <laughs> Three, two. One. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of The Silly Marillion, where I, Paul, your host, casual sloppy Joe eater, drinker from the milk chalice, speak with boba connoisseur Tori, live from the West Coast, Best Coast. Hello, Tori. How are Hello, you? Hello, Paul. I'm great. Thanks for having me this week. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I kind of fucked up that sentence because I said where I, Paul, and then came up with talents, and that like, and then I just say and Tori, and I don't say what we do. There was no fucking verb. <laughs> there was no verb. Hi, this is where I, Paul, a motherfucker who doesn't understand the English language very well, has a tells Tori, who is so nice not to notice. Uh, Your any, intros uh, make me we laugh. go through. We go through Lord of the Rings. Hell, if you've got this far, you know what the fuck this show's about. <laughs> you know okay? what we do by now. What and do if you're we do by now? If you're starting on this one, if you're like, oh, let me cut to the latest episode. Welcome, and I'm sorry. Welcome. <laughs> uh, why aren't you listening to our other stuff? Uh, we have too many inside jokes now for people to jump in, because I'll just say Jimmy randomly, and they're going to be like, who the yeah, F is Jimmy? This Lord of the Rings podcast thinks the J and J.R.R. Tolkien stands for Jimmy. Yeah. Incredulous. It's <laughs> it's Jimmy Ryan Wrigley Reynolds Tolkien. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds Tolkien. Tolkien. God, now I'm going to need to fucking Photoshop Ryan Reynolds' face <laughs> onto J.R.R. Tolkien. Will you please do that so that I could be like the promo image for the next episode? <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. I need to make it uh, uh, black and white. But yeah, anyway, it'll be... Uh, welcome to our podcast. It'll be what I go for. Yes, so uh, last time we basically covered the escape of the dwarves and Bilbo from the halls of the Elven King uh, and uh, essentially followed them to Lake Town where they Lake obtained Town. the aid from the master. And now they're beginning their expedition to the Lonely Mountain, which now Finally. they can see. I'm just realizing with the last chapter of Lake Town how Jimmy names everything. It's yeah. It's very cute. Like the Running River, Lake Long Town, Lake. Lonely Mountain. This yeah. just little a little uh, adjective to go with the noun. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's a it's a book for kids, you know? He can't really say like and this was Bundushathur <laughs> He saves that for the Zirak for the Silmarillion. Yeah. He doesn't the... even use, uh, I don't think he uses Erebor, which is the dwarven name for the Lonely Mountain. Oh, what was it again? Erebor? Erebor. E-R-E-B-O-R. Erebor. Erebor. Sweet. Or the, yeah. what did he call Thranduil? Something king? Uh, he he just calls him the Elven King. Oh, just the, the Elven King. Yeah. Honestly, this is <laughs> this is a very Tory-friendly book with how bad i am names <laughs> and then we just come through and he's like you're ah. gonna <laughs> true we're coming straight from the silmarillion which is like 25 percent names and then now into this where it's like the elven king <laughs> the master of lake town lonely the mountain king goblin the goblin king yeah the the <laughs> the great goblin the front porch the, the what front is porch what is this one there's like the is it the front door uh front chapter? stoop i think or back stoop or something like that because <laughs> it's a secret it's a secret doorway mm. secret tunnel <laughs> secret <laughs> tunnel secret secret but, um, secret secret tunnel yes. all right so, so we're on chapter we are now on the chapter of on the doorstep which is chapter 11 11 the doorstep, is that what he calls it? <laughs> on the doorstep, I guess. It's a secret doorstep, but... <laughs> but yeah, uh, essentially, they set out from the river running with... They have, like, a little escort of local humans. But as soon as they start reaching the area known as the Desolation of Smog, which is, like, this big wasteland area that is kind of around the mountain that the dragon caused, the humans mm. are like, okay... Good luck. And they're like, wait, you're not coming with us? And I'm like, uh, not until nope. the songs come true. Uh, see ya. And then the humans leave. But Honestly smart of them. 
the dwarves have ponies that they have supplies with, and they're just making their way around the mountain. Making uh, their way first, downtown. They basically follow the river up to where Dale used to be. Dale was this town right beneath the mountain, which was for human, which which was a human town. Uh, but that got wrecked by the dragon, and yeah. the people who survived didn't last long because of the dragon when he was hungry would just fly out and pick some off and then fly back into the mountain. It was uh, honestly the, the housing prices were probably fantastic, <laughs> but <laughs> it's all about location, location, location. Is that what it's like to live by a volcano for people? Live by a volcano? I, I don't <laughs> just know. Just imagine like Hawaii housing. Well, <laughs> I put a little frowny face by that line. There lies all that is left of Dale. Yeah. And um, where is that? He had been I... one of Thorin's companions on the day the dragon came. Like, that sounds so sad. Yeah. It's kind of like their... <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's their 9-11, really. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm just thinking of that one TikTok noise of, Lyle, Lyle, we gotta wake up, please. Lyle, Lyle, turn on the TV. They hit the Pentagon. I haven't seen, heard that sound. You haven't I've heard seen that the, one? I've seen the memes. Okay. <laughs> uh... Here's a little 9-11 joke for <laughs> you guys. Has it been enough too time? Soon. Can we joke about it now? <laughs> I mean, it's two decades. Uh, do the kids people... even remember 9-11? How old are you listeners? If you remember 9-11, honestly, I'm probably the cutoff for remembering 9-11. Yeah, I think I was in first grade. I was three. And you remember? I vaguely remember. Granted, I remember what I was doing, not that it was 9-11. I just Mm -hmm. remember having, like, playing with a friend and then my mom immediately just driving us home. Aww. Hey, listeners. (laughs) Comment below where you were on <laughs> Unhinged. Oh Unhinged. <laughs> Paul's in tears right now. It's pretty great. <laughs> I was not expecting uh, this episode to turn this way. But you're the one who turned it this way. I know! You gotta keep them guessing. You gotta keep them guessing. Did, did Don't ever let them know their next move. Did Audacity catch your voice going that high? I think it did. That was I'm a looking new, at the sound waves. That was a right new reach. <laughs> My falsetto. Oh, uh, I forgot what we were even. T- oh, we were comparing 9/11 um, to smog. Yeah, we were comparing. Well, first we compared living next to smog, like living next to a volcano. Which I was gonna <laughs> say, if you're living in Hawaii, I imagine you can kind of guess where magma will flow comparatively mm-hmm. like if you build your house in like the path of like where lava will probably go then that's and, on you like the Hawaiian islands aren't like explosive eruptions they're like an over like it overflows and people are like oh no and then they just kind of walk in <laughs> like walk one direction <laughs> and then the lava just kind of goes past them you know it's uh, uh... The, the hawaiian island uh, the hawaiian volcanoes are my kind of volcanoes <laughs> where they're basically chill it's like hey you can still like study geothermic like fire and such but you won't die but you won't blow up <laughs> um meanwhile yeah i don't know I don't. I do not know. Don't build next to volcanoes, guys. <laughs> learn from the city of Dale. Yeah, learn from the city of Dale. Don't build next to volcanoes <laughs> or dragons. Uh... Um, but yeah, they that is it is kind of sad how they're like they. I think they mentioned like how it used to look. Um, yeah, they said it was very green. Woods, sheltered valley, rich and pleasant in the days when the bells rang in that town. Yeah. And it looks like he's almost reliving it, uh, Balin is. He looked yeah. both sad and grim as he said this. Uh, Which, uh, about how long ago would you say that was? Uh, I think... I want to say 90 years Smog has been. One sec, let me... 
Because that's not really a long time in dwarf age. Well, not since we know fucking elves who are like, I've been alive since, (laughs) like... I, I'm the one of the first living people. Like for real. When you meet Kirdan the shipwright, like that's old. Okay, this man was this man. Him and Galadriel were alive before the fucking sun and moon existed. God. Like these fuckers are old. They're and just then, walking like, history books. And then we have the nerve to be like, oh, there's a there's an eleven year jump in Fellowship of the Ring. It's like, bitch, we've been jumping like, all over the place since the Silmarillion. Legolas just fell asleep and woke up, and it was eleven years later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Smaug attacked in twenty seven seventy of the Third Age. Hold up, let me do some quick math. And by quick math, I mean pull out my fucking calculator. <laughs> uh he said 2770 2770 of the third age so 2770 years since the battle of the last alliance you never think of how fucking long Jeez. these time periods are for real but like where when like fellowship of the ring begins like the battle of the last alliance would be us looking back at like ancient greece basically god but then imagine there's a lot more stuff even before that. I wanna I wanna see a massive timeline now. Of it old. would be too big. Like, You'd have I don't it around the wrap it around room. the <laughs> Yeah, wrap it around the uh the entire fucking thing. Okay, let me see. Ah, okay. Okay. It's been a hundred and seventy one years since Smaug took uh Erebor. That's not too long ago. No, it's well in the grand scheme of things. Uh, if like we as modern day like humans, <laughs> like 171 years ago, that's fucking the 1800s. That's like yeah, but for an elf or a dwarf, an, it's like looking elf, back on 9/11. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe I opened the 9/11 door for this podcast. <laughs> Christ, we'll I'm, closing, I'm closing, I'm closing the 9-11 it. door. Speaking okay? of doors. No mentioning two towers until we reach that fucking book, okay? <laughs> no more 9-11 references. I'm drawing the line. Uh, speaking of doors. Doors. On the doorstep. Uh, They don't go to the main gate because... Like, that's fucking bonkers. That like, would be that's silly. fucking spooky. Yeah. We're a little um, smarter than that. And, uh. Oh, they basically, like, find this hidden path after wondering what to yeah, they do w- or how to get after, in. Yeah, after the, um, uh, main gate thing, uh, they do, like, start kind of going around looking for this, uh, secret door. Because they do have the map. And the, ma- and the finger is, like, pointing oh, yeah. at. I believe... I haven't looked at uh, that in a hot moment. I always forget what... Uh, Lonely Mountain map. Lonely Mountain. Lonely Mountain. Because <laughs> um, I forget if it's north... Okay, so on the north side of the mountain, there is... Uh, it's supposed to be where the um, uh, secret passage is, as opposed to the south side, where south side, uh, where the main gate is, because uh, there's a river that runs out of the main gate and yada yada. Ah, uh, um, okay. So, they do kind of go around, and they do find like this little switchback trail where they need to like throw up this like complicated like pulley system and stuff except where they're pulling for people up except for bombor who says too fat he says i quote <clears throat> i am too fat for such fly walks he said i should turn dizzy and tread on my beard and then you would be 13 again and the knotted ropes are too slender for my weight luckily for him that was not true as you will see <laughs> A little foreshadowing thank you jimmy but yeah, they kind of 
come up onto this ledge of the mountain and there's just kind of like this wall in front of them and they're just kind of sitting there and Bilbo's like okay fuck uh now what now what they said <laughs> they said something about Durin's day and there'll be a keyhole where when's Durin's day and he's just now kinda... it feels like an escape room you're like okay I have these clues how do I get through the door and it also Though feels I... like an escape room again <laughs> As the whole party tries to get through a door. Yeah. They are kind of sitting on this, like, kind of little grassy space between the wall and the opening. Uh, and they call it the doorstep in fun. And uh, and then Bilbo had a queer feeling that he was waiting for something. I think my queer count is at 15. Queer count at 15. Somewhere around there. I lost a sticky note. I need to find it. <laughs> I feel like you need to have, like, a little chalkboard and then you just, just like, mark down... Like queer, it just says queers over it. Put it right there. Yeah, right there. The queer <laughs> counter. You know what? I'm gonna I, think I, have your, I think I have your wedding present. Oh, there's post-its right here. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the, queer, the queer counter. Um, and so eventually, like, the last day of autumn appears, and they're still not seeing anything. And they're like, well, maybe... Gandalf will show up at this point. He doesn't. Um, <laughs> when in doubt, maybe Gandalf will save us. So they're specifically waiting for Durin Day? Durin's Day, which is But the, they don't know when it is. It's supposed to be, I think it's the last moon of autumn. Or what it's if, the first moon of autumn. What if they missed it? Yeah, like, if they missed it, they were fucked. They were just they gonna had, like They'd have to wait a hang whole other fucking year. year. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, which... It kind of plays into this idea of things being meant to happen in Lord mm, of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Like, they are meant to arrive just in time to access the door, just as Bilbo was meant to find the ring, and just oh. how later on Frodo is meant to have the ring and destroy it. There's, again, a touch of destiny about A little all bit of this. fate, yeah. Uh, it's all Eru, uh, Iluvatar, basically. Uh, mm. Because... He tells Morgoth in the very beginning, go back to the Silmarillion, he says, every bad thing you try to do, I will turn on its head and turn into good. Aww. And he, so that's essentially his promise that no matter what happens, good will triumph in the end. Ugh, God. Such a good quote. I got, just it's got real, chills. Real it's fucking Christian in... right here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your Jesus? <laughs> no, oh, you got the queer counter Varda. up? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. What about I... star lesbian Jesus? How about that? <laughs> that is truly what the people want. The people being me. At least uh, uh, <laughs> the people being you and our fans, basically. I am the leader of those people. <laughs> I am their leader. <laughs> um, and anywho. Oh, wasn't there? Uh, they call it a thrush, and I didn't know what a thrush was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a thrush is essentially like a little bird uh, that apparently likes cracking snails on a stone <laughs> to eat them. But uh, I believe that's part of uh, the riddle or in like the moon letters that Elrond oh. says. Let me, let me actually go back to that chapter because I believe he does say something about where the thrush knocks. Okay, that would make more sense. I was like, what is the importance of this bird? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elrond says, Stand by the grey stone when the thrush knocks, and the setting sun with the last light of Durin's day will shine upon the keyhole. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that is what happens. That is exactly what happens. And the last light of Durin's day, as the sun is just starting to set, a little beam of light shoots out from the sun, apparently. <laughs> Uh, and then it hits the, uh, little crevice where the keyhole appears magically. And they're like, quickly, put it in, put it in! And put it in! God, can you imagine if they dropped the key before <laughs> they could get and it just vanished again? I had forgotten like, all about the key, so good job on them for keeping that all this time. Uh, yeah, and Thorin puts in the key and it opens 
just this line. A door five feet high and three broad was outlined, and slowly, without a sound, swung inwards. It seemed as if darkness flowed out like a vapor from the hole in the mountainside, and deep darkness in which nothing could be seen lay before their eyes, a yawning mouth leading in and down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now remind me, this door, was this door made by the dwarves? This door was made by the dwarves as kind of like an escape route. So if like, this is the door that Thorin's mm. dad and mm-hmm. grandfather escaped through so uh, it sounds when he thought like, all was lost. It sounds like it's a little magical with that key. Like, did they get help in... Dwarves know how to build magic things. Okay. Uh, if you remember in... um. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, the Doors of Moria. You have to speak a, oh, a, yeah. a, a password, and then it mm-hmm. opens on its own. And, they built uh, those doors too? Yeah. Oh. And uh, dwarf doors can uh, be hidden if they so wish. Clever. So, like, I think uh, Gandalf does say uh, dwarf doors can be so well hidden that even the people who make them can sometimes, like, lose them hence uh, the map with the pointing finger it is it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie where uh dwarf uh, i think they give that line to gimli oh, oh. no the, it is gandalf he says dwarf doors can be made to be hidden so that even the creators don't know where they are <laughs> and Legolas then says, why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> and like Gimli stops for a second, and it's just like, Gimli suffers a microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. Oh, God. But yeah, uh, dwarves, uh, they are, like, they have magic. Dwarves have, like, an element of magic about mm-hmm. them. They know runes, secret runes and stuff that give, like, secret magic but their magic and elf magic are different different yeah and neither really views theirs as magic dwarves mm. and elves both see magic as just really good craftsmanship mm. and it just looks like magic to us because we don't have that kind of stuff yeah you don't see me just you know creating a couple silmarils <laughs> yeah it's uh it's all that okay there we go i was really blurry and i'm like am i just blurry because i'm not wearing my glasses or um but yes so then, yes, yes yes so they that finally, now op- finally open the door a whole chapter dedicated a whole chapter to finding the fucking door it's like a D party it really is. um with Which, bilbo being the only one taking notes i feel like the hobbit could have been like inspiration for dungeons and dragons because they are headed towards a dungeon and a dragon, and everything they have come across has been just classic. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And and you understand then, like, what was I going to say? Lost it. Lost it completely. God damn it. Anyway. <laughs> Next chapter, chapter 12, Inside Information. As soon as the doors open, Thorne's like, okay, now it's time for Bilbo to go down there and uh, do what he was hired to do. And Bilbo's like, bitch, I've been working overtime. And not getting like, paid for this overtime. Yeah. Bilbo needs to unionize with himself. He really does. Like, this is like the fucking like bullshit company. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is the bullshit companies get you to do. They're like, oh, or like they try to convince you that oh work like really hard and extra time with no pay and you'll get like the respect and stuff no you're just showing them that you're a rube who's who's willing to work for free and then they don't give a shit you know what they say if you're really good at your job you get to do two jobs (laughs) oh god (laughs) poor bilbo and i also like how here (laughs) jimmy says you're familiar with Thorin's style on important occasions, so I will not give you any more of it. Though he went on a good deal longer than this. Yeah, he really, he really, well, he's the leader of his people, so he is kind of like a politician in this regard, where he's like, he needs to give speeches and stuff. <laughs> uh, but I have to read what Bilbo responds with. 
If you mean you think it is my job to go into the secret passage first, O Thorin, Thrain's son, Oakenshield, may your beard grow ever longer. Say so at once and have done. I might refuse. I've got you out of two messes already, which were hardly in the original bargain, so that I am, I think, already owed some reward. But third time pays for all, as my father used to say, and somehow I don't think I shall refuse. Perhaps I have begun to trust my luck more than I used to in the old days. But anyway, I think I will go and have a peep at once and get it over with. Now who's coming with me? And no one, only Balin, only Balin is willing to uh, go with him. Good old uh, Balin. It wasn't Balin the one who keeps carrying Bilbo. Like no, that's a uh, Bofer. Oh okay. Wow, Balin stepped up to the plate. Oh wait. Is it Bofer? I know it's not Bomber. It's Balin, Dwalin, Feely, Keeney, Dwalin, <laughs> Nor- Oh, it's Dory. Dory is the one who keeps, who mm. was in charge of like carrying Bilbo around. But Balin, he likes him just fine. And oh, it even says uh, he was rather fond of the Hobbit. <laughs> this is also kind of where we get into Tolkien kind of putting down dwarves. That he, but then he kind of redeems them in the character of Gimli. Oh, where he says, "There it is. Dwarves are not heroes, but calculating folk with a great idea of the value of money. Some are tricky and treacherous and pretty bad lots. Some are not, but are decent enough people, like Thorn and Company. If you don't expect too much, if you don't like, expect too, that's much. pretty fucking racist, my dude. <laughs> and you the also then get very low." Then you get into like kind of the anti-Semitism of the mm. dwarves in Tolkien's writing, where uh, I I I think this was written when he didn't give much thought to his anti-Semitism. Yeah. But this was before the Second World War and the horrors of the Holocaust. Mm. And I think when it came around to writing Lord of the Rings, he kind of maybe saw what he did to the dwarves as a race by kind of putting them as like these kind of like useless greedy like people who are just like even if they're not bad it's not like they're great heroes or anything but then he kind of he pushes all that to the background in the character of Gimli who is courageous who is trustworthy Mm -hmm. who is there to help and just how you see the dwarves uh behave later on in Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. um being like the dwarves literally risk their own destruction by refusing to tell anyone where Bilbo is from, essentially. Yeah. Because when looking for the One Ring, Sauron sends a messenger and is like, hey, I'll leave you guys alone. Just tell me where I can find this guy named Baggins. Mm. And the, the dwarves collectively, all of them, all the dwarves in the Lonely Mountain go, no, we're not telling you anything. Dang. And so I think Ooh, that it was... Chills. In that part where, like, Tolkien still suffers quite a lot from his internalized racism. And I I don't think he blatantly did a lot of this stuff in, like, hopes of hurting people. Yeah, like, knowingly. But this was simply how he grew up. But it needs to be acknowledged that this is kind of a sign of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Because who, what anti-Semite wouldn't describe jewish folk as calculating folk with a great idea of the value of money like that's straight out of like yeah like propaganda from like the third reich and stuff so yeah uh that's as we go through lord of the rings i do feel like we should point this stuff out more this this is this isn't this is not a perfect work and we're there are no perfect words and it's it's important that when you read these you can love them as much as you want i love them i love them more than a lot of things but uh at the same time you need to acknowledge the failings when they're there and this is one of them um so yeah balin and bilbo enter into the darkness of this uh tunnel secret tunnel and they get to a point where Balin's like, okay, good luck. And he's like, I'll stay <laughs> Bye, here. Bye, Bilbo. <laughs> uh, and Bilbo kind of keeps going down and down and down until at last he reaches like this big hall filled to the brim with treasure. And that is, uh, it's, I think, one of like, 
I think this used to be the throne room or a great hall or something. I think I think it's just like the biggest hall in the mountain. Mm-hmm. And Smaug has basically collected all the treasure from the mountain and just basically put it in this massive chamber and is currently lying there. And I love this description of him. There he lay, a vast red golden dragon, fast asleep. A thrumming came from his jaws and nostrils and wisps of smoke, but his fires were low in slumber. Beneath him, under all his limbs and his huge coiled tail, and about him on all sides stretching away across the unseen floors, lay countless piles of precious things, gold wrought and unwrought, gems and jewels, and silver red-stained in the ruddy light. And you just see kind of like this majesty of both Smaug and his treasure. And his treasure. I was kind of surprised because I was not expecting to have reached him yet. And it's like on the next page for me in my book. And it says, the yeah. glow of smog. And I was like, wait, we're here? Yeah. It's, and then you get this great description. It, it's quite lovely to see. Uh, what I wish more uh, artistic renditions of smog showed was that he's not a red dragon. He's a red golden dragon. There's mm. a mix of red and gold. And he's like very glorious and... Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's supposed to be, like, a beauty about him. That, oh, uh, totally. He is a part of the treasure. He is the biggest treasure there. He He's glam. <laughs> this boy is glam. This yeah, didn't they talk about... Lizard. I mean, we're going to get to it a little, a little bit, but, like, his yeah. underbelly was, like, kind of Encrusted like gemstones. Encrusted with jewels yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think even... I think a lot of it's just from him lying down on them, and they get <laughs> just pressed get up into his scales. <laughs> so they basically just become a part of him hot does smog have wings yes smog has wings he's a uh because the start of that next uh paragraph smog lay with wings folded like an immeasurable bat (laughs) immeasurable bat so i remember Uh, the the first dragon that he did not have yes glaurung did not have wings he's just a feisty lizard yes and i think uh Gava the worm is another dragon the we hear worm? about who didn't have. Yeah. And it's spelled W uh Y R M. Oh. So I guess kind of like Wyrm. <laughs> the Wyrm. So like Bilbo's actually left like speechless and breathless. So he's like, whoa. Hell yeah. I okay, this is this might sound a little bougie for a hot second, but I was in Disneyland Paris. Uh and they're, one of their big things to see there is under their castle, so like the princess castle, mm-hmm. um, at the bottom floor of the dungeon, they have a like life-size dragon animatronic. And I felt probably like Bilbo in this instance, where you just walk in, and it takes up this whole dungeon, and it looks so real, because mm-hmm. it's just lying there sleeping, but you could see it breathing. Like, you could see it's, like, belly moving up and down. That's the closest I felt to Bilbo in this moment. Yeah. It's, like, this awe of, like, majesty and splendor, but also fear. Like, holy that's shit. that's a fucking dragon. Yeah. Um. Then how many hobbits can say they've seen a dragon? None. None. <laughs> no, I don't Bilbo's think any first? hobbits have seen a dragon, really. Yeah. yeah. They've heard of them. But, uh... He essentially just grabs a cup and runs, and that wakes up Smaug a bit. Uh, but like he returns the cup to the dwarves. He's like, "Check it out, guys! Look what I got!" And they're like, "Oh my god, amazing!" And then immediately the ground begins to tremble. Essentially, Tolkien gives like the best explanation of rich people ever. Yes, I have that like underlined. underlined. I thought that yeah. was so fantastic <laughs> and very relatable now with our billionaire talk currently. Exactly. Dragons may not have much real use for all their wealth, but they know it to an ounce as a rule, especially after long possession, and Smaug was no exception. He had passed from an uneasy dream in which a warrior, altogether insignificant in size, but provided with a bitter sword and great courage, figured most unpleasantly, to a doze, and from a doze to wide waking, 
There was a breath of strange air in the cave. Could there be a draft from that little hole? He had never felt quite happy about it, though it was so small, and now he glared at it in suspicion and wondered why he had never blocked it up. Of late, he had half-fancied he had caught the dim echoes of a knocking sound from far above that came down through it to his lair. He stirred and stretched forth his neck and to sniff. Then he missed the cup. The cup. The cup. Uh, and then, of course, uh, my favorite line, his rage passes description. The sort of rage that is only seen when rich folk that have more than they can enjoy suddenly lose something that they have long had but have never before used or wanted. Amazing. Fuck yeah. Amazing. Fucking rich people. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, and then comes the anger. Thieves, yeah. fire, murder. And then he's just like, fuck it. And he flies out and the dwarves are like, oh my god. It, it's Smaug. He's coming to kill us. So he they stole quickly, his cup that he had never used. They quickly managed to get Bomber up uh, the rope. Uh, but the ponies are essentially lost and have <sighs> to run. Recipes. Man, ponies never do well in Again, these Again, in D&D. You know, it, is, it is a fucking, uh, like, a curse, essentially, for ponies. Because the first ponies they had were eaten by uh, the goblins. Oh. And did and they then, lose more ponies to the spiders? No, they didn't have any ponies. Because remember, the ponies Bayorn gave them, they had to return once they oh, reached Oh, they're the only ponies that survived. True. <laughs> and they they didn't belong to the dwarves they were only lent to them it's bear and smart uh, and those ponies don't last with this group these group yeah <laughs> it's like don't take my ponies into those giant spider woods you fucking moron <laughs> you idiots but uh they all kind of run into the tunnel just as smog flies by and smashes the side of the mountain causing a cave-in essentially that closes off the tunnel and now they're trapped Mm-hmm. And so Bilbo is, they're like, scout ahead. See if you can find a way uh, where we can maybe like go around or try to avoid smog and get into the rest of the mountain. And so Bilbo goes down there. And I think this is where we can do our little uh, recording. Uh, we can do... You being Bilbo and me being Smog and have a yes, I agree. I wanted to hear your Smog voice. Oh, and I'm I'm definitely gonna modulate it. I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna do some editing trickery. Smog certainly looked fast asleep, almost dead and dark, with scarcely a snore more than a whiff of unseen steam. When Bilbo peeped once more from the entrance, he was just about to step out onto the floor when he caught a sudden thin and piercing ray of red from under the drooping lid of Smog's left eye. He was only pretending to sleep. He was watching the tunnel entrance. Hurriedly, Bilbo stepped back and blessed the luck of his ring. Then Smog spoke. Well, thief, I smell you and I feel your air. I hear your breath. Come along. Help yourself again. There is plenty ants to spare. But Bilbo was not quite so unlearned in dragon lore as all that, and if Smog hoped to get him to come near so easily, he was disappointed. No thank you, O Smog the Tremendous, he replied. I did not come for presents. I only wished to have a look at you and see if you were truly as great as tales say. I did not believe them. Do you now? Said the dragon, somewhat flattered, even though he did not believe a word of it. Truly, songs and tales fall utterly short of the reality, O oh, Smog, the chiefest and greatest of calamities, replied Bilbo. You have nice manners for a thief and a liar, said the dragon. You seem familiar with my name, but I don't seem to remember smelling you before. Who are you, and where do you come from, may I ask? You may indeed. I come from under the hill, and under the hills, and over the hills my paths led. And through the air, I am he that walks unseen. So I can well believe. 
said Smog. But that is hardly your usual name. I am the clue finder, the web cutter, the stinging fly. I was chosen for the lucky number. Lovely titles, sneered the dragon. But lucky numbers don't always come off. I am he that buries his friends alive and drowns them and draws them alive again from the water. I came from the end of a bag, but no bag went over me. These don't sound so credible, scoffed Smog. I am the friend of bears and the guest of eagles. I am ring winner and luck wearer, and I am barrel rider, went on Bilbo, beginning to be pleased with his riddling. That's better, said Smog. But don't let your imagination run away with you. This is, of course, is the way to talk to dragons if you don't want to reveal your proper name, which is wise, and don't want to infuriate them by a flat refusal, which is also very wise. No dragon can resist the fascination of riddling talk and of wasting time trying to understand it. There was a lot here which Smog did not understand at all, though I expect you do, since you know all about Bilbo's adventures to which he was referring. But he thought he understood enough, and he chuckled in his wicked inside. I thought so last night. He smiled to himself. Lakemen, some nasty scheme of those miserable tub-trading lakemen. Or I'm a lizard. I haven't been down that way for an age and an age. But I will soon alter that. Very well, oh, Barrel-rider, he said aloud. Maybe Barrel was your pony's name, and maybe not, though it was fat enough. You may walk unseen, but you did not walk all the way. Let me tell you, I ate six ponies last night, and I shall catch and eat all the others before long. In return for the excellent meal, I will give you one piece of advice for your good. Don't have more to do with dwarves than you can help. Dwarves? said Bilbo in pretended surprise. Don't talk to me, said Smog. I know the smell and taste of dwarf no one better. Don't tell me that I can eat a dwarf-ridden pony and not know it. You'll come to a bad end if you go with such friends, thief, barrel rider. I don't mind if you go back and tell them so from me. But he did not tell Bilbo that there was one smell he could not make out at all. Hobbit smell is quite outside his experience and puzzled him mightily. I suppose you got a fair price for that cup last night. He went on. Come now, did you? Nothing at all. Well, that's just like them. And I suppose they are skulking outside, and your job is to do all the dangerous work and get what you can when I'm not looking for them. And you will get a fair share. Don't you believe it? If you get off alive, you will be lucky. Bilbo was now beginning to feel really uncomfortable. Whenever Smog's roving eye, seeking for him in the shadows, flashed across him, he trembled, and an unaccountable desire seized hold of him to rush out and reveal himself and tell all the truth to Smog. In fact, he was in grievous danger of coming under the dragon spell. But plucking up courage, he spoke again. "'You don't know everything, O Smog the Mighty,' said he. "'Not gold alone brought us hither.' Ha <laughs> ha Admit us, laughed Smog. Why not say us fourteen and be done with it, Mr. Lucky Number? I am pleased to hear that you had other business in these parts besides my gold. In that case, you may perhaps not altogether waste your time. I don't know if it has occurred to you that... 
Even if you could steal the gold, bit by bit, a matter of a hundred years or so, you could not get it very far. Not much use on the mountainside. Not much use in the forest, bless me. Had you never thought of the catch? A fourteenth share, I suppose. Or something like it. Those were the terms, eh? But what about delivery? What about cartage? What about armed guards and tolls? <laughs> and Smog laughed aloud. He had a wicked and a wily heart, and he knew his guesses were not far out, though he suspected that the lake men were at the back of the plans, and that most of the plunder was meant to stop there in the town by the shore that in his young days had been called Eskaroth. You will hardly believe it, but poor Bilbo was really very taken aback. So far, all his thoughts and energies had been concentrated on getting to the mountain and finding the entrance. He had never bothered to wonder how the treasure was to be removed, certainly never how any part of it that might fall to his share would to be brought back all the way to Bag End under Hill. Now a nasty suspicion began to grow in his mind. Had the doors forgotten this important point too, or were they laughing in their sleeves at him the whole time? That is the effect that Dragon Talk has on the inexperienced. Bilbo, of course, ought to have been on his guard, but Smog had rather an overwhelming personality. I tell you, he said in an effort to remain loyal to his friends and to keep his end up, that gold was only an afterthought with us. We came over hill and under hill by wave and wind for revenge. Surely, O oh Smog, the unaccessibly wealthy, you must realize that your success has made you some bitter enemies. Then Smog really did laugh, a devastating sound which shook Bilbo to the floor, while far in the tunnel the dwarves huddled together and imagined that the hobbit had come to a sudden and a nasty end. Revenge! He snorted, and the light of his eyes lit the hall from floor to ceiling like scarlet lightning. Revenge! The king under the mountain is dead! And where are his kin that dare seek revenge? Gyrion, Lord of Dale, is dead, and I have eaten his people like a wolf among sheep. And where are his sons' sons that dare approach me? I kill where I wish, and none dare resist. I laid low the warriors of old, and their like is not in the world today. Then I was but young and tender. Now I'm old and strong, strong, strong thief in the shadows. He gloated. My armor is like tenfold shields. My teeth are like swords. My claws spears. The shock of my tail, a thunderbolt. My wings, a hurricane. And my breath, death. I have always understood, said Bilbo in a frightened squeak, that dragons were softer underneath, especially in the region of the uh, chest, but doubtless one so fortified has thought of that. The dragon stopped short in his boasting. Your information is antiquated, he snapped. I am armored above and below. With iron scales and hard gems, no blade can pierce me. I might have guessed it, said Bobo. Truly there can nowhere be found the equal of Lord Smog the Impenetrable. What magnificence to possess a waistcoat of fine diamonds. Yes, it is rare and wonderful indeed, said Smog, absurdly pleased. He did not know that the hobbit had already caught a glimpse of his peculiar undercovering on his previous visit and was itching for a closer view for reasons of his own. The dragon rolled over. Look, he said. What do you say to that? Dazzlingly marvelous, perfect, flawless, staggering, exclaimed Bilbo aloud, but what he thought inside was, old fool, why, there is a large patch in the hollow of his left breast as bare as a snail out of its shell. After he'd seen that, Mr. Baggins' one idea was to get away. Well, I really must not detain your magnificence any longer, he said, or keep you from much needed rest. Ponies take some catching, I believe, after a long start, and so do burglars, he added as a parting shot as he darted back and fled up the tunnel. 
It was an unfortunate remark, for the dragon spouted terrific flames after him, and fast though he sped up the slope, he had not gone nearly far enough to be comfortable before the ghastly head of smog was thrust against the opening behind. Luckily, the whole head and jaws could not squeeze in, but the nostrils sent forth fire and vapor to pursue him, and he was nearly overcome, and stumbled blindly on in great pain and fear. He had been feeling rather pleased with the cleverness of his conversation with Smog, but his mistake at the end shook him into better sense. Never laugh at live dragons, Bilbo, you fool, he said to himself, and it became a favorite saying of his later, and passed into a proverb. You aren't nearly through this adventure yet, he added, and that was pretty true as well. I also like this line, I want to point it out. They debated long on what was to be done, but they could think of no way of getting rid of Smog, which had always been a weak point in their plans, as Bilbo felt True. inclined to point out. True, they never really considered. Which is silly. They're like, half half thought of plan, with the biggest plot hole being, okay, once we reach the dragon, what do we do with the dragon? What do we do? We'll figure that we out do? when we get there. <laughs> um... Yeah, basically. It, uh... Oh my god, they are so fuck. They are a D&D group, where they don't even think about how they're gonna accomplish something until they're like, oh fuck, how are we gonna do this? <laughs> and then they plan for like 15 minutes and then never actually enact the yeah, plan. Yeah, the plan doesn't actually go mm -hmm. through. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... So after that cute conversation with Smog, which... Bilbo's always, he's hes such the Riddler. And the fact that he was like, well, I guess they point out that it's a thing to end up in conversation with dragons. But if I was up to a dragon, I would not think to talk to it. Yeah. He is very polite, though. And I love how Tolkien includes like these like things where it's like, as everyone knows, dragons love riddles. And you should never tell a dragon your actual name. Uh, where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, everyone knows that. Um Thanks oh, for reminding uh, me. Also, correction. Uh the they aren't caved in yet. Uh it's just that their camp was found and destroyed. They're mm -hmm. still at the doorstep. Um but yeah, they uh And was this the section where uh yes. So Bibble was quite clever with not telling his name, but I mm -hmm. thought it was funny how he figures out like there's 14 of us because he said Mr. Lucky Number and that yeah. was like a giveaway to how many there were. Very clever. And of course he says Barrel Rider and <laughs> yeah. of course it's like oh fuck. That's how he figures out Lake Town. And then... Uh, but yeah, uh, that at that point um, the, uh, Smaug does get fucking pissed and he flies off to the side the side of the mountain and he essentially smashes it in yes that was right after bilbo said he had a funny feeling and we should close the door Mm-hmm. and so they close the door and it just in that time smog smashes the mountainside and causes an avalanche which then blocks the door so there isn't really a cave-in mm -hmm. but they can't open the door anymore and they can't get out that way so the only way to get through is down and they go down into the treasure room essentially and Smaug isn't there and essentially uh, they start to look at the horde itself and Thorin is like we gotta find the Arkenstone yeah and then they're kind of just dreaming of treasure and that's kind of where the Oh, oh wait, yeah, they he flies away somewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping ahead constantly. Uh, it's at the doorstep where they're talking about the treasure, and how they'll start like burglaring it bits at a time, uh, with specifically Thorin wanting the Arkenstone, and mm -hmm. then Bilbo's like, "Let's shut the door," and then they shut it, and then the avalanche is caused, and now they're stuck and don't know where to go. And until that's next the end of time. That chapter. Yeah, until next time. <laughs> I also liked how clever little dragon kind of made Bilbo doubt himself for like just a hot second with being like, oh, how are you going to get the treasure back? 
Yeah. Another plot hole we did not think about. It's it's it is amazing, really. It's, Great expedition. They really were like, we're just gonna steal it one little piece at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, are you stupid? Just a little. Just sometimes. I'm very impressed they've made it this far. Oh my. And I think that's that on that. Yeah, that's that's that. That's that's all there is. I feel like some action is gonna be coming up here with this dragon. We're on like the last <laughs> I got a bad feeling stretch. about this dragon, guys. <laughs> I got this bad feeling. Alright. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our shit. Uh as always. You can find us on Twitter. I, of course, am... Uh, what are you? What am I? <laughs> good-looking What am geek. I? I'm good-looking geek, G. yes. With one... Yeah, with one uh, good-looking good-looking geek, yeah. eek or good-looking looking geek. Eek. Geek, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, of course, Tori is at Toriello underscore. And, of course, our Silly Merillion twitter is the is the silly merillions silly merillions silly merillions okay no the mm-hmm. plural silly merillions <laughs> at silly merillions <laughs> <laughs> well done well done they should know by now <laughs> um Killed and it. then of course uh you can join our patreon for added bonus content uh if you have our $5 tier, I'm in the act of currently editing our April uh, episode, and that should be released. Actually, uh, they might have already heard it by the time this episode comes out. Oh, yeah, definitely by the time we're ahead this of schedule episode a little comes bit. out. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. Currently, yeah, so if you want to listen to that one, it'll be out. Uh, <laughs> go join our Patreon. <laughs> go join our do? Patreon. What are we going to do next month? Our bonus. I don't know. Figure that out. Hmm. May. Could we talk hmm. about May? If any of you have suggestions for what we should talk about up. in May, hit on us up. On our Let Patreon or Twitter. <laughs> Let us know whatever vague topic you want us to cover. But yes, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the silly merillion. Uh, I know I said I'm going to start streaming Lord of the Rings online. I just haven't found the time to do it yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get that eventually. And when we do, I'll give you guys the uh, the Twitch for that. Yeah. But, um, yes. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Wool for providing Ooh. the beautiful cover art. And, of course, as always, special thanks to Jack Hook for Jack. providing our intro and outro music. And, of course, special thanks to viewers and uh, viewers, because you're <laughs> watching us. Uh, viewers listeners, listening to our Listeners show. like you. Uh, and we'll see you guys later. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs>